Hey guys, Dane here with the Darkroom Podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. I hope you're all staying safe out there. I hope your family, friends, everybody in your circle is doing good. Today's date is April 9th, 2020. We are still experiencing isolation and social distancing, uh, which is a weird word. I saw someone recently say it should be physical distancing because we're all socially still there. Uh, But anyways, it's a weird time and we're all still in the thick of it and we don't know when we're going to be out of it. So this is another conversation with not just one, but three of my favorite and I'm sure your favorite photographers. We have Alex Stroll, Chris Burkhardt, and Alan Palander. I was able to chat with each of them, you know, about how they're handling isolation, things that they're doing to stay inspired, to stay busy, you know, how they're they're going through their day-to-days, but but more so how we can get through this together and how we can, you know, get to a place right now where it's not so much staying stagnant, but you know, still improving on our skills and sharpening our tools and and preparing ourselves for being able to get out in the world and travel to places and shoot and work with more brands or, you know, maybe it's working with brands for the first time if you're, you know, a newer creative, but, you know, kind of every aspect of, you know, what's going on right now and and how they feel we can uh, we can get through this and, and get through it together. But really, like, I, you know, I had such a good time talking to these guys and uh, they're huge inspirations to me. So, you know, this podcast hopefully is just as impactful for you as, it was for me to be able to, to talk to them. Um, so let's jump right into it, you guys. I'm really, really, really excited for this. I hope you hang on and, and listen for the entire thing. First up is Mr. Alex Stroll. You can see his work at Alex Stroll on Instagram or his website, alexstroll.com. We're going to start off the conversation as he lets me know the most recent project that he was able to work on before isolating at home. Welcome to the Dark Room Podcast, where you'll get to hear from the best full-time creators on the planet. From starting out to where they are now and everywhere in between. Welcome to the Dark Room. Well, that's a that's it's a good one because the first, you know, we've been I think locked in for 21 days today actually. And the first week was awful. <laughs> you know, I was like a, a kid left to its own devices. I was like I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> so I was just, I'm so lazy. Like this is something people don't know about me, but I'm so lazy that whenever I'm left to my own devices, I don't do anything. So most of my life is created around, you know, making routines to trick myself into doing work. <laughs> so now I have a routine that's pretty dialed. In week two, I started the new routine. It's been hard, but uh, it's, um, you know, it's mostly, um I mean, I'm not going to walk you to the routine. It'd be kind of boring, but yeah, no I go worries. out on a little walk, out on a little walk, and then uh, I do most most of the. I have two offices. I've set up one in the in the living room mm-hmm. where I do the com- communication work. So Slack, emails, whatever. I do that in the morning. That's like the shallow stuff. Yeah, that's necessary, right? And then in the afternoon, I come to this the backside of the house where I have my deep work office where we are right now. Mm-hmm. So and then I work on my portfolio. I work on writing, new workshops, and you know, it's kind of like the there's no emails that come to this computer. There's no Slack that's installed on this computer. So I've been really I've removed all these kind of apps from this one, and I have my photos. I have my raid right here, and I've been just working on that. And it's been kind of blissful. How do you stay motivated to to continue with the schedule? Do you have to like continually like kind of be like, all right, like now we got to do this. Now we got to do this. No, I think when I built, so one thing I've done, what the mistakes I've done in the past, you know, now I'm 30, I'm such an old dog, (laughs) just kidding. (laughs) But now from the wisdom of my 30s, I figured that my routines were pretty aggressive that I've built in the past, Mm -hmm. but they, I was missing the point. The point is to be happy. So these new routines have all built around the fact that I just, the goal of the day, my intention for the day and the week is just to be happy. That's it. Start there. Uh, So then it's kind of easier. Not that I only have to do the work that's easy but only the work that matters and that makes me happy at the end of the day that I can look back and be like, all right, I've done these few things I wanted to today. Lovely. And, you know, on Sunday, the thing I had to do was to start pushing snow on the deck with my snowblower. That was my mission for Sunday, right? So (laughs) as long as it makes me happy that I've done it and that I'm proud of whatever's been done, then it's all good. I saw a picture of you uh, in front of the barbecue, bare feet in the snow. 
Heck yeah. <laughs> that was pretty well, great. So we had, a, we had a long bath with Andrea, so it was like steaming. So I got out. Yeah. I was like, God, I'm so hot. So it felt good to be outside. And it's just kind of a stupid photo. It was fun. <laughs> so I want to talk about the circle for a second. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, you'll explain it better than I will, but I'll just say that I, you know, to an adventure, uh, it's it builds a platform around the adventure community to bring people together. So if people have questions, if people want to connect, if people, you know, want to learn off of each other, it, it's a world where they can jump into it and, and bounce off of each other. So h- how would you explain the circle? Well, let me start by saying that I think as photographers or, you know, freelancers are generally pretty self-absorbed, Right. So when you talk to freelancers, you hear a lot of I, my, yeah. you know, a lot of these kind of words. And I've been trying to take a more, thanks to this slowdown, I've been trying to look at things from a more larger, and just before, from a larger picture. Like, okay, how are we helping? You know, what is the what is this establishment we want to create that helps the community? So I've been trying to be more generous with that and trying to build things that are larger than myself and I can outlive anything. Uh, so that's the ambition. Yeah. <laughs> the first iteration was the workshops. Second iteration is the circle. So we've just built the circle because I want people to talk to each other. And I want to talk to people. You know, I mean, every day, usually I interact with, I don't know, 20 people yeah. uh, in person or on the phone, whatever. So it's uh, I miss that. So I was like, I'm sure there's a lot of people in the same boat. So we should just all be on the same roof and doing whatever. Like, we're just low pressure. We'll have this open for as long as the confinement quarantine thing lasts and then we'll close it or we keep it open if we like it but the goal is get to people get to talk to each other and share stories with each other versus come here to get advice from you know benjamin hartman or finn beals right like talk to each other was this reactionary strictly because of the situation we're in or had you been working on this idea for a while before the name the circle was i mean it's not a it's not a great breakthrough in terms of branding but um i came up with it for the for the purpose of having a a channel where people talk to each other. I think it was last winter. So it's been a year that I had this name in the back burner and the concept of it. This was this just sped up the iteration to like, let's make it happen tomorrow. Yeah, because well, it's great timing. <clears throat> you know, yeah, yeah, I yeah. jumped in there and said hey to the Sweet. community and like, it, it's so cool to be able to scroll through. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, it's just cool to be able to to connect like that. It feels it feels more personal. And it it brings me back to the feeling of scrolling through a Facebook page a long time ago, right? Yeah. And I mi- like I weirdly miss that. I was like, this is nice, you know? Like Instagram, like it's so ingrained in us now and your thumb just can swipe, you know, all day. And there's something a little bit more personal about the circle that I dig. So you're onto something. I, I hope so. You know, <laughs> we're just limited by the infrastructure and by the manpower to sort of run it, right? Yeah. Like it takes a lot of attention. So we've been doing our best, you know, we, we really set up with low promises. Like this is a co-working space for creatives and photographers. Come put your work out there, show us what you're working on, share some stories. We'll see what happens. So yeah. uh, I found that it's pretty, it's easier to commit to something that is timed in, you know, that has a limit in time or in the number of episodes. So it's been very freeing to learn that I can commit to just doing something for a month. Yeah, you know, It doesn't have to be last 10 years or whatever. It's just like, let's try it for a month. That's great. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I was... I mean, just like you say with Instagram, it's so hard on the brain because you go from one story to the other in half a second. <laughs> like, you know, when you read a book, there's continuity throughout 300 pages. But on Instagram, there's like every screen, you know, every every page fold is a new story from a new person. <laughs> it's kind of damaging, I think, to my head at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The way it's built. You know, a lot of creatives, especially now, are getting into your workshop and and maybe not only yours, but, you know, they're looking at people's work and they're going on YouTube and they're they're signing up for workshops how are you staying inspired right now? How are you like fueling your, your creative inspiration? Oh man, it's been very cool. I mean, inspiration wise, it's been a very cool, it's pretty terrible times, but it's been inspiration wise. It's been pretty nice because I felt like I've, my obligations have sort of vanished. Yeah. So I have, I'm giving myself permission to just experiment. So I started a blog, started writing there. Uh, something that I wanted to do for years, so I'm feeling I'm staying inspired just by giving myself permission to do it. Versus, you know, the usual grinds like all oh, these things I got to do, and I'm approaching it from a more you know, just a candid way. And I mean, I'm I'm trying to innovate. I think that's the bottom line of what's going on for me. It's innovate, and I hope for a lot of people because we should all be looking at how we can innovate as photographers. Because we're seeing, you know, IG a lot of IG lives, right? It's like mm-hmm. Default answer: IG live, right. love it. 
then people are selling prints and gift cards and I love it. But what's the next iteration of that? How do we make it more valuable? Yeah. Cause you know, I mean, you guys do prints, right? So I totally get it. It's like such a good way for photographers to make, you know, money quickly from their audience. But how can we push it? Like, do we do collabs? Do we, you know, do we change the way that prints are presented? Do we make any exhibits online? I don't know. It's like the sky's the limit right now. Everybody's like tuned in into Zoom calls. So how can we take the concept of a print shop to the next level, for example? Or how do we position printing versus how do we present it as something new? And I've just been thinking about how we can innovate right now, how to push the boundaries, you know, because it's such a good time to do that. There's a tide, right? Where's the tide going? So I've been trying to think about that. Well, yeah. And, you know, there's also something to be said about the engagement level on social media. Like you were saying with IG Lives and with Zooms and all of this, like there is so much happening right now in the digital space that I feel like there, the ceiling can get broken through and there can be a new level of how we connect and how we share things. And like you're saying, how we can potentially share prints or books or physical products as well. But we can just, it's like a big old machine right now that we can really try to focus yeah. on. We can just, yeah, shake the machine and <laughs> just like, yeah, I think, I think the ceiling's been already broke. I think it's already been broken, right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, where do we go from there? What's the next destination? You know, where's the spaceship going? And um, just thinking about that has been so inspiring, you know, because we can, I mean, let's look, let's face it, everybody's going to, no one is immune to this, right? Like no, no company, no, no individuals, everybody's going to be affected by this. So how do we sort of survive right now? Cause it's our mission so we can thrive later. And this is the time where, you know, like in 20 years, you'll be telling your kids how you survive this times, right? How do you yeah. make it happen for your company or for whatever you do? So I feel like a lot of great businesses and a lot of great ideas are going to be built off the back of this right now. We're looking at history right now. No, yeah, this is, you know, I've, I've been saying recently that I think this is kind of when our grandparents tell us about, you know, yeah. living through the depression or something like that. Like this is definitely that time in our generation and it's weirdly in the 20s as well, which is crazy. Um, Dude, right. Yeah. Yeah, right. And all we have to do is stay home. We don't have to go fight in a trench, right? Yeah. In a muddy trench in like North France. But, you know, it's like you were saying, it's it's one of those times that you look at it and you say, okay, like now you have time to work on the things that you always said, I can't wait till I can work on X, Y, or Z. Yeah. And I'm doing yeah. that myself as well. And there is, there is something nice about, you know, obviously being home and being healthy first off, but second off, like doing the things that you've been putting off for so long because your schedule just didn't allow it. And that could be anything, you know, that could be so many different projects. So like, you know, being encouraged to do that, like that's the best, you know, advice that I could give. Yeah, just giving yourself permission because the rule book is out of the window, right? <laughs> like I think the rule book's out. Whatever plan we had for our companies or our photography practices is, you know, shattered. The yeah. plans are, are gone, right? So you can be delirious and still think the plan's going to happen, but it's not going to be the same, right? So, and it, it can be a bit daunting at the beginning and be a bit scary, but we have to know that things will work out for us. We just have to keep innovating and adapt because that's what we do best as humans, right? Is adapt and, and find solutions. Um, so, but in the short term, I think we're all going to be taking decisions that, you know, we won't look at, we won't look back at them with a lot of pride <laughs> because they're going to be focused on short-term survival versus long-term growth. Um, and I think we need to be okay with that. So Alex, being a travel and adventure photographer, do you think that this time will maybe have brands come out after this and reach out more to send product and, and send things to photographers in this space. When before I feel like that world was getting a bit saturated and people, you know, it was hard to become successful in the travel adventure photography world. When it comes to branding, do you think that more of these brands are going to reach out to more photographers and that world might get a boost and, and you might see more work coming through? Definitely. I think travel though is going to be a tricky one, right? What's the, I mean, the tourism boards I've been talking to, like good clients we have, they're wondering, you know, they're all like, we don't really know what's going on. We can't really make plans right now. We don't know. So it's going to be tough for a lot of these tourism brands to survive. Luckily, most of the tourism boards are government run, so they got funding somehow. But some of the small travel brands, I don't think, that, I don't know if they're going to make it. So it's going to definitely create some activity. Um, and I don't know that, we'll get a boost per se, but I think we'll face something new, right? There's going to be new challenges, right? Let's 
the pitches are going to be different. How do we tell people that it's safe to travel here, right? <laughs> how do we tell people we have no more cases? Right. I feel like it's going to be along these lines. You know, How do we tell people like we have the great outdoors, this is the perfect destination to escape from everybody right? in, you know, in, in the summer? So as long as it's safe to travel, right, then they can start coming up with new ideas. And I think we're going to see a lot of these new pitches that we're like, wow, that's strange, but yeah. Why not? And even us as creatives, you know, what can we think about to help these clients we've worked with in the past, right? And I think it's important to just be in touch with them. Yeah. You know, just reach out without any sort of agenda, right? We've just been getting on calls with brands, uh, interviewing some of our clients just for like this little workshop I'm building. But it's been just good to talk and see where they're at. And like most people, they're like, yeah, don't really know. We're taking this day by day. And I think that's the biggest lesson. Yeah. How do you think photographers and, and creatives in general can improve their craft during this time rather than staying stagnant. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, yeah, you're right. It's, 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 it's the storyline we've been seeing. It's like, you have time, why don't we improve? And we've been seeing with the workshops, right? It's been yeah. a, a pretty good, pretty good time for the workshops, for the online learning, because at the same time, there's a challenge, right? Because people are more protective of their f- money. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, is this a need or do I spend this on rent in three months? Because I don't know if my, when it almost meant next gig going to come, right? I'm spending from this pot that nobody's replenishing. So it's, um, it, that's the first issue. But in terms of the solution, there is the fact that it's hard to commit to spending six hours watching a workshop when you're too busy with, you know, your day to day. So yes, it's an expense at the wrong time, but the, you know, the freedom you have right now to take the six hours and just watch and digest and write it down and do it at your own pace is priceless, right? So I think it's a good time to commit yeah. to improving yourself. If there's going to be a time, I don't, see, I don't see a better time. But obviously, that's why we've been running all the workshops at half off is just because with you know we know it's the timing is not ideal. We're looking at ways we could give give them away, you know, or like for really cheap. But then we're like, oof. Uh, you know, if we do that, I don't even know if the company is going to survive that. So, <laughs> let's, you know, I mean, you got to be realistic, right? And this is like, you know, I'm just being transparent yeah. with everybody. But it's, uh, yeah, it's like, no, I don't think we can afford that because, you know, we, everybody's got their own expenses, right? But we've done our best to sort of get the minimum we need to get by in these times and then let people have the best we have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How do you, how do you find your workshop? Yeah, just stroll.works. Simple. That's it. Easy. Stroll.works. Yeah. Works. Uh, that's so bad. There's uh, yeah, there's seven workshops up there from people with uh, Finn Beals, Benjamin Hardman, Forrest Mankins, Andrew Kearns. There's a time lapse one too. There's like yeah, there's just yeah, a lot of great. good content. All the greats. Yeah, good buddies. Uh, so what? Do you have any branding uh, jobs right now? Do you have anything you're shooting at the Nook? Do you have anything that you're uh, you're actually working on, paid gig wise? So that's yeah, that's a good point. I've been thinking about that. Um, the, what kind of projects can we do from with what we have, right? There's this video that from this guy that's, I don't know if you've seen it, this guy that goes skiing in his apartment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, Philip. Philip, it's <laughs> really cool. Uh, but that's an idea, right? I mean, I could see Black Diamond paying for that video if they, you know, if you pitch that to them, right? Yeah. Like, for sure, Brian's going to want to write that because it's so cool. Yeah. So there's ways to get creative. We just got to, again, innovate. What kind of medium can we use? Like, he used, Philip used stop motion, but what can we use? to, you know, to tell our story in the house. Um, yeah, we were working on some stuff for an outdoor brand right now, actually. So there's a few, there's different reactions from brands, right, from what I've talked to. But some of them are okay, like, yeah, we're good. We're, you know, everybody's working from home. We're building a new concept for our homepage. It's going to be full of guides and valuable stuff for people. We're turning into a content brand for the time being, so we're going to need your help. <laughs> All right. So there is hope. That's what I'm trying to say is that there is just different approaches, different angles. And some brands may be farm people, some brands may be hiring people. So we just need to start looking at, you know, what are consumers going to want to buy in the next months? And then that'll tell us what brands are going to be hiring us, right? Yeah. Like what are people going to want? But yeah, I've been working on some stuff. Not, you know, nothing, not too busy, right? I mean, all the jobs, like for most people are just on hold indefinitely. We had this, you know, this massive thing pending that's still pending and that's okay. You know, I've just forgot about it for now. Yeah. Well, you know what? To your point too, it also, it gives the creators a, a, a certain level of, you know, their voice being heard by brands. And if they come with a really good idea, you know, where they can get product and shoot it and this is my plan, like this is a really good time for, for pitches and for, you know, ideas to be thrown out there to brands because you never know what will stick. 
Absolutely. And with the right messaging, right? Like this is the, you just got to show that whoever you're talking to, that you understand the context. Right. I know things are in the air. I'm just going to send you this idea. We might want to do it. We might not, but I think it's going to resonate well with my audience and your audience or whatever. I I know your audience and I think they'll, they'll like it. It's the right tone, but if we can't, we can't, that's fine. Right. It's just about being very understanding of what's going on because nobody really knows what's going on. So yeah, I think there's definitely pitches to be sent for sure. That's great, man. Yeah, I think that. I mean, the, for closing words. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, it's pretty simple stuff. But I think that what's helping a lot of us is having something to look forward to. I think it, you know because it keeps the energy high. Like the hope. I mean, at least for me, the you know looking forward to something provides like a temporary escape and even mental. And I really recommend having something to look forward to at the end of this. Uh, for example, I'm thrilled for like a Brook project I'm, I'm trying to do at the end of this year if I can. And just the idea of like the route I'm going to take and the people I'm going to talk to um, is just keeping me really, you know, just keeping the stoke high. So that's, that'd be my the best advice. Now we're going to jump into a conversation with Alan Palander. Alan is a photographer based out of Toronto, Canada. So we're going to jump right into the conversation as Alan you know, kind of paints a picture for for what life looks like for him in Toronto uh, during his time in isolation and what he's doing throughout the days to stay sharp and stay focused and stay motivated. Yeah, I mean, one of the first things I I began doing immediately after we were all quarantined was uh, just to reconnect with everyone. I think that was very important, you know, just establishing uh, the relationship with clients and making sure that everything is kind of going smoothly across the board and like with friends and family. Uh, After that, it was just kind of isolating myself and determining what I was going to do in terms of next steps for my business, in terms of next steps in my life, because obviously this isn't going to last for a couple of days or a couple of weeks. It's going to be a much longer process. Um, and that involves just really good scheduling and organizing yourself, uh, you know, taking the time to like do mental exercises, you know, physical exercises and constantly like organizing your stuff, which is what I've been focusing on a lot and um, finding new ways to be a little bit more creative. I think this is a good way to really challenge ourselves and to think outside of the box or to think within the box, yeah. oh, <laughs> I guess, yeah. in some sense. Um, but all in all, I think it's just been a lot of self-development, which is really crucial, especially for someone like me who's constantly traveling. You know, I mean, I'm traveling like 300 days out of the year. For me to be at home for this long uh, to is an opportunity for me to like really regroup myself and to uh, establish some really nice roots, uh, which I haven't been able to for several years now. Yeah, man. Well, you know, I feel like when we can finally peek our heads out and we can get out into the world, there's going to be two things that happen. There's either going to be the photographer or creative that, that can bounce back really fast and be successful and, and, you know, kind of catapult either back into where they were or even beyond that. And I think there's going to be the creator that, that, you know, has a lot of hard times. And when they can go back out in the world, like things are either completely stagnant or, or even tougher than they were before. What do you think is going to be the the difference between those two types of people? Like, what what's the what's the you know what do you see being the game changer? I mean, it, it comes down to your priorities, right? I feel like a lot of people who are fortunate enough to have a good savings or you know who have a consistency of workflow after this, they won't have too many challenges. But I've been talking to creatives every single day for the last, I think about three weeks now, I've been talking to about 10 people a day. Nice. Uh, just like talking to them and like teaching them what I would do in challenging times like this or what I would do after the fact uh, once we're actually able to, you know, re-enter society normally. Um, and it, it comes down to your personality and what you really have established for yourself prior to entering this. Uh, for someone like me, this is challenging because um, I'm heavily reliant on the travel industry. So if yeah. there's no travel industry, I have to find another way to really connect and to build my brand. Uh, but for someone who doesn't rely on travel, I think this is a very good opportunity because a lot of projects now are going to be shifting to a lot closer to like, you know, proximities. Mm-hmm. So if you're like someone who's doing wedding photography, portraits or anything like that or any anything that really doesn't involve too much travel, I don't think this is something that you should be too terrified about. Um, I think what you have now the opportunity to do is just to, like, like I said, just to rebrand yourself, um, fix up all those little, you know, nooks and crannies that you didn't fill up before. Right. And, 
uh, establish what it is to be a photographer in, in the field that you are in. And that's been a heavy part of the conversation with a lot of these creatives is just giving them some guidance and telling them that what they're doing is great, but now you have an opportunity to really become a lot more niche and concentrated in thought. Um, a lot of people are going to fall off the curve, of course. Uh, this is not going to be... And I, I, I never set the expectations for everyone, even in the conf, in the, in the phone calls to feel like they're going to go get out of this and be, you know, back to 100%. Right. You might be out of this and at 10%. So if that's the case, what are you doing on the side to, you know, make up for the, the remainder of that percentage? Uh, so challenging yourself to think outside the box is very important. Um, and just being as attentive as possible, seeing what the market is, is looking like. Uh, I've been doing a lot of analysis on across social media platforms and just really seeing what's, what's happening. And a lot of clients are even emailing me, just trying to discuss with me how the future might look like if we're going to be, you know, quarantined for longer periods of time. Um, and that is more educated based research and mm -hmm. not like just reactionary research, which I think a lot of people are doing right now. So it's just more so educate yourself and find the right path that will guide you after this to be in the right direction. I think it's the best thing you can do. Yeah, man, for sure. So you being a photographer that, that travels all the time and, and you know, you're always on location, obviously you don't know when that's going to become normal again, right? You're kind of in this weird holding period in this time that, that you're stagnant, not stagnant, but in this time that you're home, are you trying to do any different types of, of photography or, or rebranding yourself? Or are you going to wait this out until you can get back on the road? I mean, I'm very fortunate in the sense that I do still have a substantial audience that, mm -hmm. you know, it is connected to my body of work. So I can obviously create products and sell merchandise and do that entire spectrum of resource management. Um, but for someone who doesn't have that, I think that this might be a lot more challenging. And so that person has to take a lot more focus on what to do after the fact. And for me, it's now just kind of mitigating my resources. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yes, I might not be traveling and going out and doing a lot of shoots, but I can stay at home and do workshops and teach people and guide people a lot more, uh, create other products that, you know, I haven't had the time to do. Um, so it's, it's been a lot of refocus uh, opportunities. And I think that's, that's very important. I mean, every business... Even in like in when you're talking about like massive businesses, this is something that they do all the time. It's strategic mm -hmm. development of a brand. You know, you always have to regroup and refocus and realign your goals. And uh, for me, this is this is a perfect thing. I mean, I don't want to say that this happening is a perfect thing, but it was a perfect timing for me to be able to do that because I've been on the road for several years now. No, yeah, no, I totally get it. And it's funny because it's like one of those weird things. Like I'm finally at a place right now where I can I can slow down. I can take a quick, you know, breath because I was, you know, shooting three to four times a week, some weeks, editing every single ounce of time in between that, putting out the podcast. Like I was so busy that this has allowed me to step back, reassess, you know, the vision for, you know, my creative work, my photography, my video, whatever it may be. And now I can approach it much more strategically, like you were saying, and like mentally that's cleared up a lot of clutter in my head. I'm working on my website. I'm working on a book I've been, you know, thinking about for years. So like there, there are situations in, in all of this madness where you can kind of find how it can be good for you. As long as you're staying healthy and staying inside and like doing your part there, like find those avenues that allow you to be the best creative you can be. Absolutely. I mean, if there's one thing that I notice as a substantial difference is the fact that before with the way that things worked, and especially with how globalized we were as a world and social media in general, we would always feel like we were trying to keep up with the rest of the world. And that was always a challenge for me because I was always like, oh my God, okay, now I have to do this and I have to do this to keep up with what's happening and there's trends and stuff. Mm -hmm. And now there's not much really to keep up with. It's more just kind of like, you know, it's, it's, it's a moment of survival, which is very important for people to realize. Um, but it's also a moment to really, you know, finish those things that you wanted to do before. Like you said, you have the time to read a book. You know, I mean, you have the time to really address the issues of your business or you have the time to like, you know, be a little bit more self-isolated and work on your personal development. Because a lot of people for the longest time were chasing dreams of other people. And like, you know, I mean, a lot of these conversations I have online with people is it's, it always seemed like they were trying to become someone else. And now you're starting to realize that that person is in the same boat as you. There's no difference, uh, you know, across the spectrum. We're all in the situation. 
trying to handle it as creatively as possible. Um, the ones that are going to, you know, come out the most, you know, successful are this are the ones who are very intuitive and able to, you know, uh, be adaptive to the environment. And I think um, if you're someone who has those characteristics, it, it's not like you, you need them for sure. It's just more like you have to start thinking a little bit more critically as you move along with your business and whether or not this might, might not even be the right career for your career choice. I feel like now I've had time to really address some things. I was like, why would I even waste my time doing, you know, those type of videos on YouTube? Like, what was the point of that? Like, realistically, if I want to teach someone, the best way to teach someone is have a conversation with them and give them guidance for them to watch a five minute tutorial of me doing some photo editing. is not going to help them at all. Um, so, I think it's been a lot of realization time, and I think that's important as well. Um, but who knows? Who knows when this is going to end? That's the only problem I have. <laughs> I know, man. I feel like there's a lot of like there's the push-up challenge going around. There's there's ways to stay you know fit at home and, and exercise and things like that. But I haven't really seen anybody talking about what you can do at home as a, a photographer to like stay sharp or maybe like, you know, things you could do every day, like shoot five different setups in your kitchen with the same item and try to make it interesting. You know what I mean? Like I've been trying to mm -hmm. see if I could add any value to like the day to day, especially for, for early photographers or early, you know, early on creatives that are just getting into it right now and they want to learn how to shoot right now, but they can't really go outside and go to these, you know, either parks or these places that they want to shoot. Yeah. Like, do you think there's any like helpful things that people can can start doing today or tomorrow like at home or around their place yeah absolutely i mean some of my friends are getting very very creative i have a friend in in germany who started doing like this entire like indoor um atmospheric shoot with like plants in his house and stuff like that um a lot of people for the most part the ones that i feel like are the most challenged during this time are the ones who had to rely on being outdoor or traveling and stuff yeah. like that so for them i think you know being a little bit more macro in your in your thought process might be a little bit more helpful do you know what i mean like i think now it's like the opportunity to like take some cool product shots or learn how to do like proper lighting and right. challenge yourself in those directions um but the most important i think is just it's a good opportunity for you just to learn i mean when's the last time we allowed ourselves to take the opportunity to learn something new you know what i mean or to exercise in different thought process that we never had before uh for me it's been doing a lot of like home renovations and like fixing things around the house mm -hmm. uh you know watching youtube tutorials on how to freaking uh properly take out you know bathtub and then replace it and to you know ch change things around the house that you know i i'm so reliant on other people to do for me um but as a photographer i mean for me i've been i've been kind of just going through memory lane for the mm -hmm. most part, yeah, yeah. pulling out old content and bringing it back to life. And that's always been something that I was heavily promoting for a very long time, where I was always telling people, like, you don't need to keep traveling, keep getting those crazy shots that you expect. Go back into your archives, pull up some content that you've never used before and just refurbish it, you know, uh, give it a little bit more meaning and, uh, and story behind it. And you never know, it might be a lot more relevant now than ever before. Um, especially right now, people are looking for memory. Memory is like a very important factor for people right now. It's like, oh, I remember being able to do this, and now we can't mm -hmm. do this. And we've only not—we've only been under quarantine for like maybe a month or so. But right. at the pace that we're going, I don't think we're going to be back outside for another couple of months. So if that's the case, you know, going back into your archives is definitely something I would do if I was a photographer. Yeah, that's great, man. Or even like you know, make a book, you know, make, make something okay. that, that you can flip through and, and you can order while, you know, you're staying at home and you can, you know, have something for, for you, like on a physical level. And maybe then you make a book in the future that you try to sell and do things like that. You know, yeah. there's I so mean, many you things. Just, you just gave out my book idea. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Dude, I'm working on a book too right now. That's what I said. Oh, I didn't nice. say I was reading a book. I'm working on a book. Okay, Man, that's good. so funny. Oh, I thought you said you're reading a book. No, okay. I can't do that anymore. So we're both working on books right now. <laughs> 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 yeah, can you talk about yours or not really? Uh, yeah, I mean, mine is a. I I, I couldn't figure out the approach because we we wrote a, a whole portion. I have a couple of friends that were helping me with it originally. Yeah. We wrote a big portion of it, and it was supposed to be like the story of my life and the process that I took. Cool. Uh, of you know working through the creative challenges that come through, but then I I decided to uh, kind of step back and create a process book. So the processes or the processes I took throughout my career. Uh, in order to get to where I am and the the thought process behind each 
decision I made and why I made that decision. Because I feel like a lot of the questions I'm getting are people who are facing obstacles mm-hmm. and they don't know how to go around them. And I'm just giving them an idea of what I did so that they can figure out their path. Um, but in a very creative kind of artistic way, like coffee book kind of style. I don't want to, I'm not trying to change the world through a book. It's just more like when you're bored at home and you want to read on something. Yeah. It's, it's there to inspire you if that's the case. That's great, uh, man. Yeah. What's yours about? Uh, well, mine's, uh, mine's more of like a straight up photo book, like photo coffee oh, table nice. book. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to have a lot of words in it. You know, and my, my original idea was to do this book on the Eastern Sierra, which I live close enough to where I can travel there and I've been traveling there for years. Right. So then recently I'm like, I really want to put out a book racking my brain what it's going to be. And it was sitting in front of me for years. Right. I've been shooting across the Eastern Sierra for six, seven years. So I'm going back and I'm repurposing all the, the photos that, that I enjoy from the last five years there in all different parts of the, uh, the Eastern Sierra. And I'm going to put that out as like a 150 page, uh, book, uh, hopefully That's this amazing, year. Man. Yeah. So it's you have, been, you have a title idea or anything? Dude, that of course is the thing too. It's like, shit, what am I going to call this book? And I was <laughs> sitting there and I had all these names written out and jotted up and, and like did some samples and stuff. And then I said, Oh, Eastern Sierra. Cool. That's it. <laughs> so literally it's going to be Eastern Sierra by, by me. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I'm to take a look at this. Thanks, man. Yeah. I'll, I'll I love, let you know. Dude, I love photo books, man. I, I feel like that they're, they're like the, the soul to an artist's uh, kind of uh, perspective. Like you get to see a collection of someone's body of work that they've curated properly. Do you right. know what I mean? I, Different yeah. when you're looking at someone's social media feed. That's a whole different thing. But like when you're actually like like flipping through someone's, you know, images, you're seeing the decisions that they made as they selected specific photos. Yeah, uh, it tells you a lot more about the photographer. I it does. Like. Yeah, and I feel like you know a lot of photographers. I'm sure you included. Like you put out so much content that's just for digital purposes, whether it's you putting it out or other brands. And like you see those photos come and go, and they're great and they're they're beautiful and they have a story behind them. But at the end of the day, like, you know, they, not that they get forgotten about, but they aren't really there in front of you all the mm. time. So I really like the idea of having something tangible that, that brings me back to a place in my life or a, a time in my life that meant a lot to me or a location or things like that. And it's always there. It's always in this little, you know, eight by 10 hardcover book and you can flip yeah. through it and it, you know, it tells a story, whatever that may be. No, absolutely, man. A long time ago, I made a magazine called Streets of Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it took me a long time. I had like 14 friends help volunteer, put their time and effort into it. And we were trying to document different creatives around the city and stuff like that. Unfortunately, the project didn't last long because I had problems with my business partner. But uh, <laughs> long story short, it was really nice to see the, you know, the tangible copy of it. And, yeah. and to use that as a process was really interesting. Yeah, man, for sure. So... I got one last question for you. Yeah, what's up, man? Uh, when you look back on this time, when you're on a podcast in three years from now and someone says, oh my God, 2020, that's crazy. What, what was your biggest takeaway? What, what do you think your answer will be? What do you think your biggest takeaway is going to be from this time in your life? Yeah, I mean, I've fortunately, but unfortunately, I've always had a very unpredictable life. Mm-hmm. Um, where things would kind of switch and go and I moved and, you know, left countries and stuff like that. So for me, uh, I, I was, I wasn't surprised at the fact that something like this happened because it's because of like, just my, my, my appreciation for science and whatnot. But I think at the same time, it it just gave me a lot more reassurance of the things that I want to prioritize in my life. And I think this is a good opportunity for everyone to start focusing on those. And for me, like it was, it was kind of giving myself space, you know what I mean? Because I'm always there. I'm always available. I'm always with friends and around people. And I feel like I've never had the opportunity to like just step back and breathe. So looking back at this experience, I'm going to be able to like, reassure myself that like hey you know as much as i need so many things around me i think it's nice to just have a few things and right. to work on them and to make those things the most important part of your life um i think that's about it 2020 was it's been crazy man yeah. i mean for me it, this began way earlier than 2020 like i my first job that got canceled was back in november to shanghai no way 
And wow. I, I couldn't understand what the reasoning was because they were mentioning some things on the air about this, but I didn't imagine that it'd be canceled. And then it was mm-hmm. like November, December, like all my jobs got canceled. And I even pulled out of a, a job to Japan in December. Yeah. Or it was, yeah. Early or end of December. Um, so, but like that was, that was in 2019. So yeah. You've been dealing so like with this for a while. Was too. Yeah. yeah. And you're on the East coast too, man. It's, you know, I'm on the West coast. It's yeah. bad out here, obviously still, but out there, man, it's, it's no joke. Yeah. The East coast is, uh, it's, it's going through some, some rough things. Um, but I feel like, you know what, I, I hope, and I, I, I have this assurance that I think people are very educated you know, in our in our countries and around the world, mm-hmm. that they're gonna make the best decisions to really isolate themselves, you know what I mean, and not to like just, you know, be that that one idiot who starts a fire, do you know what I mean? And yeah. I think this is a good opportunity for us to really create some rapport and uh, do our due diligence as as, you know, humans in the world. Now we're gonna jump into a conversation with photographer Chris Burkhard. As Chris talks about his relationship with isolation, being the travel photographer that he is. The reality is when you're in isolation and you're say shooting, for example, you, you're oftentimes basically, you, you have something to look forward to. You have an objective, right? And right now, there is no real objective. We don't really know when this will end or, you know, there's, there's so many unknowns. So I I don't think you, I don't think that the same approach necessarily applies here is, is sort of one of my takeaways is just like, you know, again, you're in the mountains, you know, you have to wait through a storm or something like that. Like at least you kind of have an understanding that like, okay, this is going to pass. And then, and then I'm basically moving forward to sort of the next, the next phase, the next thing. But here, yeah, again, it's like it could be a week, it could be a month, it could be yeah. three months. I mean, and to be honest, I don't think that anybody is going to want to travel anywhere um, for a while. remote or remote or 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 hard to access or unique or whatever until there's uh until there's some sort of a um a vaccine. I mean, that's that's just one of the concerns that I've had is like who wants to be the first person to be like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll travel like you know, to some remote part of the world and, and, and work and, and potentially have the opportunity of getting stuck there. I mean, that to me is like really scary, you know? So yes, there, there are ways in which for sure I, I've found strength and, and this does apply, but I don't, I don't think it's like as, as straightforward, like it applies across the board as, as I think maybe some folks think, you know? Yeah. How are you staying sharp mentally and also physically? Cause I know that, you know, you're always on the bike. You're always doing these crazy weekend runs, a couple hundred miles. Yeah. So, you know, what are you doing right yeah. now? Well, luckily, you know, I do have a trainer at home. So I think like daily exercise, whether that's going for a run, whether that's riding the bike indoors, whether it's even doing like a, a yoga or workout regimen, like those are all, absolutely like healthy things to be, I think, um, to, to have as a part of your, your daily regiment, like carve out time, you know, like I think if, if anything, making sure that the day is sort of built upon the things that you feel are most important. And to me, those are like some of the most important things that we could be doing. Right. Um, so I think that's a huge part of it. It's just like, there, like right now, I think there's really no excuse to not be taking care of maybe even more important your mind and your body first and foremost above above these other above these other things you know above sort of like you know making sure that you get all your emails out or whatever i think that that's like a really and and you're just going to feel better and healthier so for me that's a huge part of the day and again having kids like being able to get out and, and exercise with them or be out get out and play with them you know granted it's limited now it's changed it's not the same as it was couple weeks ago, but that's, that's still a huge part of my day. And in terms of, I guess the thing that I've, I've realized is just, you know, staying grounded means, means different things to different people. You know, for Mm -hmm. me, it's very much uh, a process in trying to understand what my needs are. And I think sometimes we just, we move so quickly through, through life, through the day to day that we don't even take our, the time to ask ourselves like, Oh, is that trip important? Is that trip not important? Yada, yada, yada. Um, we just go, we just go, 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 go. And, and I've, I've been, a, have been, you know, I, I, I know this very well, mainly because I've been, um, 
I've been that person a lot. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, like, I think that one of the biggest things is that just learning when to say like no to certain jobs is really important and learning. Cause, and I've said this in other podcasts too, you might've heard it, but like saying no is really learning how to say yes. And so I think that there's something very, very, very much like important about that, you know, is, is understanding the difference and understanding how that really can like help you as a creative person um, or a creator, just allow yourself to be put on a trajectory that's much more healthy and, and supportive. Right. So uh, I guess what I would say is like looking forward to realize that like, yeah, yes, this will pass and yes, things will get better eventually. But more importantly, like how, how then, how then do I want to allow this to affect me in the future? Like how, how am I going to let this whole epidemic like become something that is um, very much like a game changer for me in terms of how I run my business and how I run my, and, and kind of what I've been really trying to preach is like, this is such a great opportunity to realize that like you need to recession proof your business. And yeah. that, that means different things to different people. Um, I don't want to like, I'm not, you know, I'm not here sit, sitting here telling people I told you so, but the reality is like when you've worked through a recession in the past, you have, you definitely feel more prepared for it. Right. Like I, I've been, I, I wouldn't call it lucky, but I've been I've been doing this for a, a long enough time to where I've seen, you know, I've had offices, you know, close and offices open, and mm-hmm. and and I've had you know triumphs in my business, and I've had you know real like hard times, and I think if anything, now is kind of when I'm looking back at those moments, being like, okay, interesting. Well, I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing this major shift with a lot of people kind of realizing that like, you know, maybe all those trips I did that were just to for fun or weren't for like a paycheck maybe those weren't really worth it you know maybe yeah. i don't know just just ways to like look at your career and and take mental stock like when are you ever given the opportunity to literally just stop and be like hey here's a window of time where you can now fully be present to reflect on your work on your business what you want it to mean what you hope that it does for people what you hope that it does for yourself and and ultimately like what are your goals like how often do we sit and just like write out goals. We like to like give this advice to people and we like to talk about it in podcasts or yeah. other formats, but how often do we actually practice that? And to me, that's like one of the coolest things. Like we have an opportunity to actually do that now, like right now to just sit and, and reflect and think about how this is going to ultimately be affecting, how this can ultimately affect us long-term. And, and hopefully the conclusion there for everybody is that like, this can be a good thing if you let it be. Um, I know how ridiculous that sounds, but no, um, but I think it's very true. I'm, I'm, at least that's the, that's the mentality or the methodology that I've, I've tried to apply. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And you know, I think a lot of this, it kind of feels like you're a boxer and the bell rung and the rounds over and finally you can breathe and you can sit in the corner and you can you can look around and you can kind of figure out where you want to go next and, and how you want to approach the next time you jump into the fight or jump into the ring. Right. Well, yeah, like you, you look there exactly. I mean, you look you look at sort of what the last like, you know, the last couple of rounds have taught you. Yeah. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm, you know, if anything, I feel like for me, teaching as a photographer and, and learning to public speak and whatnot have, have been great tools, great assets that I've really tried to apply to um, my toolkit. And I think that one of the, I mean, I, and again, I, I, this is, it's kind of funny cause I, I, and I don't, this isn't anything against like, you know, doing podcasts or anything like that, but I feel like in this time frame, it's like every day there's like a new podcast or a new oh, Instagram yeah. live or whatever. But, but at the same time, I'm like, you know what? I think that I, I think, and I believe that the message that I'm sharing is, is important. So I'm, I'm an advocate for like doing that and just trying to like you know, do the best I can to, to share this message. But I, I really strongly feel like, um, there is an ample opportunity for people to, uh, just do what they're already doing, but more in a more efficient way. Yeah. And I think that if we wrap up so much of our, our joy, our day to day in like, I'm a photographer, I'm a photographer, man, that is a scary place to be because the reality is I've, there's been a lot of weeks and months and years where I haven't felt like a photographer, but I've been really fulfilled because I've been asked to public speak or I've been asked to teach or whatever. And so these are all 
very much skill sets that you have to give time to. Like you have to um, actually go and you have to actually practice. And so this is, this is one of those moments. Like, you know, I, I've told people, I'm like, when I prepared my Ted talk, it took me six months, you know, to yeah. really prepare it and nail it down. Like if you ever want to be able to stand on a stage like that and speak, like you need to be able to kind of reflect upon the importance of the things that you have to say and, and what that means and yada, yada, yada. And like, I, this is a great window of time to do that, you know? Um, and just thinking about the different hats that you, you hope to wear or want to wear and, and how to wear them. Right. Like that is everything to me. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a big advocate of that. I'm a big advocate of, of just trying to figure out what and how we communicate our art and our love for photography. And if, again, if traveling, for example, is the only way that you can get out there and like make your voice heard. I feel bad because that is very, very limiting, you know? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with, you know, having your hand in a bunch of different aspects of even the same industry, but maybe different ones too, you know? There's even totally. no reason that you can't be a photographer and also a musician, like things like that. Oh, like, 100, 100%. 100%. You know, Chris, yeah. we have a lot of... uh we have a lot of people in the community that, that listen to the podcast and that, you know, enjoy everyone's work that we talk to. And we reached out to them and kind of asked what they're thinking through these times and, you know, what, what questions they have. And honestly, a lot of the questions come back to, to people being, you know, kind of scared and, and fearful for, you know, right now and the future, which is totally understandable. So totally understandable. What, what is your relationship with fear? Man, you know, that's a great one. I feel like fear is really, you know, the absence of hope yeah. <laughs> or, or light. I mean, not to get biblical on people, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fairly religious person. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, that's a big part of it for me. Like from a religious standpoint, fear is the absence of, of hope. It's the absence of, of joy, I think, in many ways. And so, but fear also plays a critical role. Like every emotion we experience plays a role in our life in some way or another. And, and if I would have to put fear's role as one of those, one of those character building emotions, I would say that its job in helping us to understand where we need to grow is, is critical. Like I, you know, I've said this before too, like, you know, we talk, we, we hear a lot of these buzzwords in, in photography and, you know, in podcast land, I'm sure you've heard them. It's like, oh yeah, you know, you got to embrace your fears. You got to move outside your comfort zone. Yada, yeah. yada, yada, yada. That's, that's yeah. so true. But at a certain point, you know, there's something to be said for the fact that your comfort zone evolves. Like it, it changes. You, 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 for me, you know, this is the thing is people have asked in the past, like, oh man, like, so, you know, what do you do to get out of your comfort zone? And I'm like, well, you know, traveling and being in higher risk situations, you know, or hanging off a cliff or whatever, those, those don't feel risky anymore. And it's not because I've I developed some, you know, crazy, you know, affinity for these things, but it's the fact that I've gotten comfortable in certain situations. So if we continue to speak to each other in these sort of, you know, I don't know, mantra like formats where we're like, yeah, move outside your comfort zone. What does that actually mean? Well, it means that you need to be doing something that actually makes you feel uncomfortable. And at a certain point, photography is not going to be that thing. You know, pitching yourself to a brand is not going to be that thing. Putting yourself out there to a in a relationship is not going to be that thing. So you need to seek out other things. And that's really where, for me, um, public speaking and art directing and writing a book or sharing a personal experience or being really vulnerable in front of a group, group of people like that is outside of my comfort zone. And that's really what I aim to work on. That's really what I aim to, to try and, um, and perfect in my own life, I guess you could say. So, um, so I, I mean, I don't know, I don't know how else to like really put that, but ultimately I think that my relationship with fear is that, is that like anyone I want to, understand it and i'm not necessarily saying that it goes away but i am saying that once you appreciate why those fears are present and why you're you're, that you're aware of them um you can really do the internal work that's really important you know um a lot of times i've i've kind of used this analogy in in, in teaching situations i'm like you know if, if it's if it's scarier for you you know if if you think that Oh man, like traveling to new countries is making me come become such a better person and, and I, I'm growing so much, but it's more scary for you to pick up the phone and like call a loved one or call your mom or something like that. 
or call your parents or whatever it is, yeah. then, then that's probably the thing that you need to work on. Not trying to jump on a plane to go to, to go to Japan or go somewhere out in the world because, right. because that's already lost. It's that's that, that experience has already lost its teaching opportunities, you know? Yeah, for sure. You know, I've always looked at it as the 10,000 hour rule, which is so yeah. similar, you know, it's, it's putting in the time and, and seeing yourself get incrementally better just a little bit each time. But eventually you look back and you say, man, like how much I've grown in a year, two years, three years. You know, I was telling you before we, we hit record that, you know, I've been, I've been climbing and I've been going to yeah. a climbing gym and like, that's such a good, you know, kind of analogy too, because every time I climb, I get a little bit better, but I really feel it. Cause the next time I can do something I couldn't do the time before, but that's it's never going to totally. happen unless you put in the work and it's like that for everything. And it, and it gets harder and harder and harder to see progress. That's yeah. the one hard thing is that's the challenging thing. Most people don't know is like, it really does. Um, I think that, I think that it's a crazy concept. You know, we're in this time where we have to, we literally have to look and sit with our loved ones or whoever we're quarantined with. We kind of have to look and sit, sit with our, our body of work we have a lot of time to reflect and it's amazing. I mean, it's an amazing tool. I personally have been um, challenged by it for sure. Mainly because mm -hmm. like you said, I love to move. I love to be outside. I love to go outdoors, but I know that there are certain situations like right now that I just don't feel comfortable doing that. But I think that, um, you know, there's a hope that can come from, from knowing that the next version of yourself, like the version after coronavirus can be the best version. Yeah. And I think if you fully believe that, then then you will see this as a the blessing that it is. Like you'll see this as something awesome because I I cannot imagine that people are going to be like once this ends, people are going to be like, cool, I'm going to stay home. You know, like they're going to be out in our national parks hiking. You know, as as freaking Jack Kerouac said, they're going to climb that goddamn mountain. You know, <laughs> yeah. like that's that's the truth, and that that's the thing is that these experiences inspire you, and I love that. Like I I can't wait to see the work that comes after this because it's going to be inspiring. Yeah, I totally agree. And you know, a lot of a lot of podcasts right now happening and Instagram lives and like all of this content that's coming out, you know, it features like, you know, very successful prominent photographers, creatives of those types and that's why they're on these shows and these podcasts, and these Instagram lives. So a lot of the conversation comes back to, you know, what you guys are doing at home and, and how you're spending this time already being successful in your industry. But there's so many people that are, are forced, you know, to be at home and maybe now they have the opportunity to, to become the photographer, the videographer, whatever it may be that they wanted to always become. And now they have the time. So like, do you have any ways that these, you know, early, early creatives can like sharpen their tools, learn photography from home, start now today? Like if you had to start tomorrow from scratch? Yeah. I mean, the, the truth of the matter is like, there's never, we live in such a good time. Like you can literally find every, you can find like the best college course of your entire life online. Yeah. Like you can learn so much through Skillshare, Creative Live, Masterclass. Like don't even get me started. Like when I, when I quit my job at 19 and, and um, started photography, I was looking for every single opportunity that I could to intern and nobody would give me the time of day. Like nobody would give me the time of day at all. Nowadays, even internships are a great opportunity. You know, I do them and, and a lot of other people. And I think there's something to be said for the fact that you can just learn so much from that. And that's that in and of itself is, is insane, insane opportunity. Um, also podcasts. I mean, look at this, like being able to, you know, hear from and have your questions answered. It's almost as if people are taking it for granted, you know? Yeah. Um, there was a time in photography where, you know, the person who was the most removed, the most cut off, the most sort of, um, I guess. Hard to reach. On, uh, uh, yeah. Hard to reach. That met, made you successful. Yeah. And now it, it, it's actually the opposite. Like the person that is the most accessible is usually the, the folks that the brands want to work with the most. Right. You know? Um, and so I feel like right now, yeah, that's a great place to start. You can learn so much via online. Secondly, is just you have literally all the time in the world to, to read the manual. How often do we just like read, not read the manual and go ask people for answers? Like read the freaking manual. It's not that hard. <laughs> you know, learn how to use your camera. Become a black belt in using your camera. And I'll tell you what, the moment people, when I, when I ta teach a lot and I talk about composition and all these sort of, um, I guess, you could say like step two, like level two, level three sort of creative processes like night photography and whatnot. Those are mm -hmm. usually the byproduct of knowing your gear intimately. Yeah. And when I say that, I actually mean like you understand it well. 
so that you don't have creative roadblocks when you go out at night or when you want to shoot a multiple exposure, or when you want to shoot action. So practicing those things, you know, going out, if you have land or if you, you know, if you can drive down the road in your car and you can just shoot out from your car, what a great time to practice night photography. What a great time to practice like slow shutter speed. What a great time to practice all these things. Secondly, I would say looking at your images and studying your images, right? Studying where you could have done better, not just throwing them on a hard drive and never editing them, but actually looking at them in the sense that you are critiquing your own work, right? And that has been really helpful for me over the years is critiquing my own work. And, and, I, and I guess, you know, I know you asked like, okay, like what's the, how could you become a, a better, you know, entry level photographer? But I think every photographer could benefit from the idea as well yeah. that to give a voice to your images is maybe the most beautiful thing you could ever do. It truly is the most amazing thing. And what I mean by that is like, if you go out and have this incredible life-changing experience and you shot sunrise over El Capitan in Yosemite and, oh my gosh, it was just gorgeous and yada, yada, yada. And you come home and you're so anxious to share it and you're so eager and you're so excited and your, your fingers are on the, on the keypad and you're going to type it out, you know, your, your, what your thoughts and feelings were and all you write is the mountains are calling and I must go. Yeah. Like that does you – and everybody else a huge disservice because you're, all you're doing is you're, you're relating this experience that was so meaningful to you, so visceral, and you're adding somebody else's words to it. And I feel like in many ways that is just a, a huge um, oversight in the creative world of not being able to give images a voice, not being able to tell people what you felt and what it meant to you there. Yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, I struggle with that still to this day. And I've, I've you know, really known that I need to, to get that improved upon it, at least in my own work, but it's hard. It's not, it's not always the easiest to, to convey exactly, you know, what that meant to you or, or how you felt through that, you know, I, like it's, yeah. it's kind of something that I'm always trying to, to get better at. Do you have any, any like things that through that journey of, of writing and becoming a storyteller that, that really helped you a lot? Yeah. I mean, I think that bi the biggest part of it is the fact that, is the fact that if you want to tell good stories, first of all, you have to live them. And second of all, you have to be able to eloquently tell them or, or understand how sort of the punchline is going to come out or what's the, what's the, what did you learn from that? that? That's the point of a good story, right? There's an antagonist, a protagonist, like, like a photograph is a photograph. It doesn't mean anything. You and I could easily stand at Glacier Point right along the railing right there and, mm -hmm. and go and we could craft the same image like easily. You, yours would probably be more technically sound. But it's what somebody is willing to open their mouth and say about that experience that makes that, that might engage more people or might mean something more or might make you a better storyteller. So I, so I guess kind of what I'm getting at there is that you have to be able to digest internally all of those experiences. There was a great TED Talk by one Pico Iyer, who is a, um, a really amazing journalist, and he always said that like, it's when you come home and when you go back to real life and when you digest those experiences from traveling that, that the real learning and growth comes. And if you're constantly on the go, you're constantly moving, you're constantly like the next trip, the next trip, the next trip, then you can't fully digest those things. And I think that is a huge part of it. So that to me, I mean, you can't really tell somebody like how to feel emotion, how to write emotionally, or how, sure. but I would just start with like, you know, asking yourself the who, what, why, where, when, but then, really reflecting upon like, well, what was it that made me want to push the button? Why did I push the trigger? You know? Yeah. And, and Hey, it's okay. If you're just like, Hey, I saw a photograph that somebody else took here and I took it too. Like, it's okay to be a copycat. It's okay. We all suck at some point. I've sucked for many years and you suck and you suck and you suck. And then eventually you create your own style. And that style is usually based upon who you are as a person or your experiences or what you're trying to emit out into the world. Where do you see things going when the chaos is over and we can get out and travel <laughs> and shoot and, and kind of get back to normal? Yeah, I think that if anything, I, I aim to do so in a more conscious way, in a way that I think speaks to like, you know, it's been a couple of years since I've written out goals, mm -hmm. you know, and, and if there's one thing I've learned and you, you touched on this earlier really well, you, you know, you said 
you know, you talked about how like when you look back, there's all these like sort of micro steps that you've taken to get to the top of the mountain, right? And I think one of the things about writing goals or, or manifesting goals is that many of us we just look at we just look for the summit. That's all we do. We look we look at the top of Everest. When the reality is, you know, if you start out Everest an asshole, you're gonna come down an asshole, <laughs> right? So, yeah. and, and that's a Yvonne Chouinard quote, I think. But really, it's like all those micro steps that took you to get there are the the most important things. Like, I think that having miniature goals along the way. For me, it was always about getting a cover of Surfer Magazine. But in but in the process of doing so, I had to have all these 30 other goals, like getting the right camera equipment, meeting the right athletes, making the right contacts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there was, there was all of this stuff happening on the way to get there that, that really changed who I was. And ultimately what I'm saying is that when this ends, I hope to have a, a refocused uh, concept of what my goals are and how to achieve them. And I hope to be more appreciative of all the little things. I sure as hell know that I'm going to be. I think everybody else will too. Like the fact that you can get in your car and drive to a national park. Like, yeah. wow, what a joy. Like that is a, to, to be able to be around people, you know, like that. I mean, I, there's just so much that I really hope to unpack from this experience over the next couple of years to really feel appreciative of everything that I am able to do. That'll do it, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I know there's a lot in there, and I hope you took away as much as I did. Again, you can see Alex's work at Alex Stroll. You can see Chris at Chris Burkhard. You can see Alan at Alan Palander. Check out their websites. Check out everything else they do. Read what they write. Be inspired. Learn from them. Learn from other creatives and learn from yourself. Look back at your old work. You know, See how you've improved because I guarantee you, you have. If you're just starting out, then you know, pick up a camera and, and start shooting around the house. Take things out of the pantry and shoot product photography. Do what you want to do right now and, and, and you'll get better day by day. All right, you guys, you can say hey to us at Darkroom. You can say hey to me at Dane Diener. Let us know how you like this episode in this format. I don't think we're gonna do it every time. Uh, we're gonna do another one though for you and then we're gonna get back to the normal you know, one-on-one stuff. Uh, I don't know. Let me know. We're all, you know, this is all very reactionary for us as well. So, you know, we just want to put out stuff that that you guys are stoked on and that we're stoked on too. So let us know. All right, you guys, we appreciate you and we will see you next time. Mm